Welcome to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. This podcast is presented by the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation and hosted by our CEO, Jamie Irvin. At the Heavy Duty Consulting Corporation, we work with manufacturers, distributors, and repair shops who want to grow their business. Do you have a problem that you would like some help with? We have developed fault codes for heavy duty parts businesses, just like they have for commercial trucks. Find out how many fault codes your business has and how you stack up against dozens of other heavy-duty parts businesses. Head to heavydutyconsulting.com and schedule a meeting with us today. All right, let's start this episode. You're listening to the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm your host, Jamie Irvin, and this is the show where you get expert advice about heavy-duty parts that keeps trucks and trailers on the road longer while lowering costs per mile. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. If you're watching on the video version, you're going to notice that we're in our new studio. We recently relocated to a new location and upgraded our studio. We're very excited about it. We've got a few things that we still want to do to make sure that the sound quality is perfect. If you're just listening on a podcast app or or on heavydutypartsreport.com, you might not even notice that things have changed, but we are excited about that new studio. Speaking of things sounding a little different, today's episode might sound a bit different to you because it wasn't completely recorded in studio. It was a webinar that we did recently with a partner of ours, SAP Truck and Auto Parts. Uh, They've been in business now for nearly 40 years. They're going to celebrate their 40th anniversary next year. They know how to source parts globally, how to distribute parts. And the theme of the webinar was overcoming part shortages by expanding your supplier network. You can't just go out and add new suppliers. There, there's some best practices that you have to follow. And the conversation was very concise. And I thought that it would be very beneficial for the audience of the Heavy Duty Parts Report to get a chance to hear it, even though you might not have attended the webinar in person. So I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you can take something of value from our guests, oh, almost 40 years of experience in the business. And uh, we will. Lo- we are looking forward to continuing to add this kind of programming to our show from time to time, especially when we're covering important subjects that are affecting the trucking industry, like the part shortage. All right, enjoy today's episode. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Welcome to our webinar today. The theme of today's webinar is overcoming part shortages by expanding your supplier network. I am very excited to have our main sponsor of today's webinar. SAP Truck and Auto Parts. They've been in business since 1983, and uh, we're going to have a great conversation today. This part shortage issue is something that is facing the industry. It doesn't really matter what segment you're working in. You've been impacted by it, so we've got to overcome it. We're going to talk about some best practices with expanding your supplier network. Our presenters today, so of course, you know me. My name is Jamie Irvin. I'm the host of the Heavy Duty Parts Report. I'm the guy with the beard and the glasses. And our guest today is Anders Ochoa. He is the vice president of of SAP Truck and Auto Parts. Anders, welcome to our webinar today. So glad to have you here. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you. I'm excited to be here and share the the, the knowledge that we have and get some feedback as well from from the participants. For people who are maybe not aware of of SAP and, and your background, let's just talk about your company for a little bit. So uh, first of all, established in 1983, you got a big anniversary coming up next year. That's exciting. Yeah, 40 years, 40 years in business and 40 years of serving the global market of truck and auto parts. Um, we've been at it. Here, here we are. 
you've learned a few things in 40 years and, and 43 countries globally with distribution centers around the world. This really puts you in a great position to talk about our subject today of overcoming part shortages and, and expanding your supplier network. So we're really looking forward to getting to kind of uh, at some of those uh, uh, things that you've learned over that time period. Uh, your brands, the, talk a little bit about your house brands. Yeah, our house brands here, we have five brands. Uh, each one has like its own specialty. The SAP brand, which carries the, the name of the company, is a air brake line. We do it all the way from after the compressor, from the governor, all the way down to the foundry of brakes, which is a drum. And we got the the clutch, the replacement clutches for Japanese and American trucks on the Eden side. On our drive line, we have some U-joints and center support bearings. We carry U-joints all the way from the steering U-joint. That's a, uh, maybe an inch and a half long, all the way up to the big caterpillars that are almost a foot long, uh, going both ways on, on the U-joints. On our Buffalo line, it's a full line of suspension and steering. We have our shock absorbers, tie rod ends, Kimball sets, or Kingpin sets. And we got, um, as well as drag links. Our rotating electrical line, which is Gamma, it has starters alternators in their res- uh, respective components and our TNJ new pumps, which is water pumps and our, our cooling. It's manufactured uh, here in the U.S., the cooling, and some of the pumps are, are sourced globally. And so in addition to your house brands, you're also a, a distributor of a lot of high-quality brands that people would recognize. So you've got a full line of products available. Now, let's get to what we're here to talk about today, the big problem. and really. Um, when you, we look at overcoming parts shortages, it, it's it's been such a difficult couple of years, and parts suppliers and fleets they have they have been struggling. Repair shops as well. This is some interesting data that we pulled from the recent state of heavy duty repair report that was issued by TMC and and in conjunction with Full Bay. And in their report, it shows that eighty four percent of repair shops are facing increased delays. But here's the statistic that jumped out at both of us, Anders. Uh, maybe you want to talk a little bit about this statistic. Yeah, 45% of shops looking outside their normal channels. That that was really worrisome for for me to read because, or actually, I, I, I actually see it as an opportunity for us that are in the distribution and trying to find a new customer base and it, it, they're, they're, the phones are starting to ring. So you're going to have shops looking around for new suppliers, but this also means that your retention is going to have to step up its game a little bit because you're, you're going to you're going to be losing customers if you're not the one going out there trying to source those parts for them. So you need to have this awareness of this number, which is this is rounded up. It's fifty percent of shops are looking around. They used to call you. They call up a new supplier. That new supplier has a part. Next time. They might just call that new supplier again, and if, he, if they hit a couple times, you might be losing a customer. So we need to be very aware of this statistic because it could influence us. It could influence the entire industry and how we're, we were accustomed pre-COVID that you know the customer would always come back and just simply always ring the same call or hit the same clicks and order away his parts. With with the scarcity, it's creating some some opportunities. I, I believe in every challenge is an opportunity to to shine. So that's what that's what we see in that number. Yeah, I agree with that as well. And and really, when you think about it, this is unprecedented. Never before has so many people been willing to step outside of their comfort zone and their existing supplier network as right now. So it does represent a big opportunity. 
Now, you know, when we talk about the impact of these part shortages, one thing I think of is something as simple as a sensor or switch can cause unscheduled downtime. And when I've talked to people in the industry, I hear stories just like this, reports of trucks being down for weeks, not days. Yeah, yeah, I have I have a, a part, you know, a particular story that it, it hits home closely. We have a local trucking company, um, and he bought a new unit. He bought a new pack, uh, Peterbilt unit. Probably bought it. I believe it was in Kansas City. He was bringing it down, and he had he started having issues with the the deaf quality sensor, which made him have to get the unit towed pretty much. And they towed it all the way down to Miami. Cost him an arm and a leg. Once it got here, he was in shock that he wasn't able to get the part. He went to the dealer for the warranty and the part was out of stock. He calls me up saying, hey, you know, could I find this? Do you have this part? I'm like, no, that's a a dealer only item. It's a very difficult part to source. And I kind of went out there and just try to help him out. And I found online, they had that sensor. This is a sensor that costs, I think it was about $180 from the dealer, but it was on national back order. It was going for $6,500 on eBay. And I was just shocked. I was like, I cannot believe that they're, they're, they're trying to gouge at such a level of product that, that I guess whoever was selling it on eBay just knew that it was on national back order and he could charge whatever he wanted, which, I mean, I'm not in agreement with that, but I mean, that's everyone has runs their business how they like, but, but it, it's one little sensor. It pretty much brought them down to a halt. Everything else was fine. It was just the quality of the depth is what was in it. About the truck down five miles per hour. You had to, you have to get towed. So the, a little sensor, just a little quality depth sensor. It wasn't anything to do with the engine. It had nothing to do with that. They couldn't override it in the, in the dealership because it, it would affect the EPA regulations that they have. So the truck was down for quite some time. And this is something that um, when we look at the impact on fleets, they're in a tough spot because if you, like, for example, decide not to replace a part and just risk it, and then you break down. It could be four to eight hundred bucks just for the roadside assistance and towing. Uh, if you have downtime, like in the case of where it's weeks, you think about an average cost of a thousand dollars a day um, or more, depending on the situation. For example, the vehicle is loaded. So um, really, if we are supplying parts, there's an opportunity for us to step up. And uh, you know, buying the products on time for the fleets is virtually priceless. And we have the opportunity to be the hero in the story and uh, have the right part in stock. But in order to to do that, we have to have an expanded supply network so that we can actually get access to the parts. So let's talk about that, about how you overcome the part shortage. It's simple to say this, go out there and expand your supply network. But there's some concerns that people um, have to have when they are looking for new suppliers. And there's some best practices that they should follow. So Anders, when someone's looking at a new supplier, there's some questions that they should ask. So for example, um, you know, are the parts going to be quality? Are they going to be on time? Is, is the supplier going to be able to meet their needs? And, and what happens after they buy the product for the first time? Is there any after sales support from this new supplier? Like these are the things that when I talked to you, you said were the most important. And what I'm interested in learning about is let's just continue with our example of the sensors and switches. Um, how do you at SAP make sure that the products you're selling are of a quality that is going to meet the needs of customers who are maybe buying from you for the first time? 
Well, when you when we talk about the the example of sensors, you want to make sure that the manufacturer actually is a sensor manufacturer for the automotive industry. And there's a a, a standard in the industry which is an IATF uh, 16949, which is a specific ISO certification that says that they have their ducks in a line in regards to manufacturing a quality component or at least have a quality system in place. And you want to, we go out there and we want to make sure that these sensors, there's many factories that make sensors for many different industries and they could make these sensors as well, but they're not in tune with going out there, having that specific sensor tested on vehicles with the different variations that, that could exist in the marketplaces, ambient pressures and different, all, all types of different things that could be tested on a sensor. They don't really think that way if they're not as specific to our automotive industry. So with a sensor, we look for that. If they don't have that, not on the sensors, you might be able to get away with that with something a little bit more of a mechanical part, something that's now a foundry part or something that's going to be machined that it could be made by someone that's not specific to the automotive industry. And there's quality controls that have to be in place. Um, we as a company always go to our suppliers to learn where they should check the quality. And, and everyone in, in an industry will typically walk you to the end of the line production and show you, here's where we run our tests on the product. We make sure everything's okay. And then we package it. And we're really not interested in that. We like going all the way from the beginning of the line, which is where did this raw material that you're using, where are these components that you're using? How are they coming in? How are they being tested? Because the longevity and the life of a product really depends on the, the components and the type of raw material that's being used to assemble it. Because you could assemble a product, go, get to the end of the line, it could test out fine, but the life expectancy is going to be based on the quality of the components that were used to assemble the product. So we go from all the way to the beginning, you know, how do you bring in these components? What are your quality controls to bring them in? How do you test that? How often do you guys recertify your own suppliers? Because other than our, our drum manufacturer, which only has one component, which is, you know, steel and mixing it and whatnot, they, they, every factory has other sub manufacturers or suppliers that, that put in to the supply chain. So it's important to check out these quality management systems that every manufacturer has. That's, that's how we do it here. And you've, you've used the word automotive, but this is both applicable to the automotive and the commercial truck and, and equipment markets. And one thing that I, I know, I mean, your, your involvement with the manufacturers um, and, and you actually physically going to the plants and being a part of that and having your own internal quality control this is what enables you to be able to sell these products with, with confidence, not only in your house brands, but also, of course, then you're working in conjunction with some of the tier one manufacturers at, that are supplying the, the heavy duty truck market. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't have a heavy duty part number and need to look up a part? Go to parts.diesellaptops.com or download the app on Apple or Android to create your free account. Looking for high-quality fuel injection for heavy-duty applications? Having one supplier for fuel injection allows you to better serve customers by providing them with a complete line, which increases your sales and profitability. Learn more at ambacinternational.com aftermarket. 
quality is such an important part. And when you're going to a new supplier, you need to be able to establish whether or not they have these processes in place and whether they're following them. But there's more to it than just the part. There's also really the time frame. So, you know, how do you make sure that your customers get the parts they need on time? Because again, the, the, the highest quality part in the world doesn't do anybody good if we don't get it when we need it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, what we, what we always talk, we, we take it from a very general perspective with the, with the distributor, or let's call it the manufacturer, both of them, for, for sake of this conversation. We should always be asking, what is your fill rate? And they're going to give you a number. Then you're going to ask them, what's your specific fill rate on this type of product? They'll probably give you another number. Then you have to start asking a little bit more harder questions. And this is where you could uh, differentiate, you know, the boys from the men in regards to asking, hey, do you keep track records? Do you keep a record of how many times you guys stocked down? Your lost opportunities, are they being kept into a data where it could be reviewed? I want to see that data. And if they don't have that data, that means that they're not really taking, they're not, they're not keeping track of that. And that's important. We also, you know, go to the suppliers and we want to learn their supply chain as well. We learn from them, you know, what is a sole source component that you guys are using in the manufacturing? It, it, do you have multiple suppliers? What, how do you preferentiate one supplier or the other? If they're giving you the response that, you know, the, the preference is because this one's cheaper, that might not be a supplier that's going to be delivering product on time. In today's market, Price is secondary to delivery. We need to put our customers first. We need to make sure that the product is available as in we always see things in the long term. We've been in business for 40 years. We look at it as maybe this year we're going to be hitting, uh, you know, we're not going to be hitting our numbers in regards to the gross margin because freight, air freighting things in might hurt us, but we're going to have the product available and it's going to be um, ready for the, for the customer to be able to take advantage of that. And we don't look at it as this one component cost me this much to bring it in, but we, we look at it more as how much satisfaction was given to the customer of being able to get it at the time that he needed. So open communication, the very simple one would be just, you, you have to maintain a constant communication with your suppliers. You can't just issue, write a PO and forget about it, set it and forget it how we used to, you know, pre-COVID and, and expect it to show up. There's too many hiccups right now in the supply chain to just do that. So we have daily follow-ups with uh, our manufacturers, with our distributors and, and, and informing them, this is what's happening. This is what we're doing. If they tell us they have a problem, we have to become part of the solution as well. So sometimes they're, you know, hey, look, I have this issue. I know I quoted you at this price. I could get a little bit quicker, but we have to pay a little bit more. Okay, go ahead, do it. I approve it. So it, communications is critical in these moments of, of, uh, of scarcity of products. And, and that goes from your supplier also onto your customers. You can't just take customer POs in and, and not be informing them the moment that you get a delay because in the, in the wholesale side of it, if a customer has a hundred pieces, you know, he might be able to source 20 locally at a very high price, but at least he could get them. If you can't get him those hundred pieces on time, you should be informing him. So he could go, you know, sustaining himself with those 20 pieces locally and paying a little bit more, but you're, you're informing him, not, not having him break his inventory. A guy walks in and all of a sudden he doesn't even have the parts to, to source it. And then you, you didn't communicate that you weren't going to be shipping on time. So that's, that's critical. 
it's one thing to get it done once. It's another thing to be able to uh, accomplish this multiple times. So what steps does SAP take to support your customers after the sale is made? Well, one of them is just a lot of it, and it sounds really simple, but it's, it's based on the data. We tell our sales guys when they're out in the field, well, first of all, we love to have our guys out in the field face-to-face. We're back at it. We really didn't slow down too much uh, during COVID. We were still going out wherever they accepted us. And we were just showing them the data to the customers. Like, hey, look, you, you purchased this part number from me. I see that you haven't purchased it again. Why not? So sometimes they might come to you. Hey, we haven't put it in the system. We haven't put it through marketing yet. We had a problem with the first part that we bought out of five. Um, so you're training the counter guys. You're training the, 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 the guys on the phone, trying to explain to them that, you know, we're only interested in selling you a part that you're going to buy again. If you're only buying it once, that's, that's not a sale. I mean, it, it sounds good. Yeah, it's exciting. It'll pump up your numbers, but you really need the consistency. So we use the data that we have of that first-time sale to make sure that it's a recurring sale. Are you marketing correctly? Are you putting the correct attributes, the weights, the dimensions? Are you putting out the correct application for the unit? Are you putting the correct description on your price sheet to make sure that the product actually goes out and it sells more than one time? Because for us to sell it once, it's, it's okay. But that's, that's, not, that's not a long-term relationship that we build on. Right. And really, I mean, right now we're using sensors and switches as just one example. But because you have this wide breadth of product, your main goal is to have your customers be successful because that means they're taking care of their customers, which are the end users of the product, the fleets, the owner operators, the repair shops. And so if your customers are successful, then of course you're going to be. And I love that about your approach. You know, one thing about um, depth of product and width of product, it's important to uh, kind of get a get a visual of what we're talking about with your company. So I'm just going to throw up a few slides here, and we're just showing the the sensors. Just these, this is just sensors and switches, all the part numbers that you stock and have in stock, um, as well as uh, these switches. And then you start to think about all these SKUs, and then you start to think about your house brands with heavy duty truck parts, drive lines, suspension and steering, electrical components, cooling. You start to think about your um, other brands that you distribute. You know, there's a whole list here for those that are just listening in and not uh, watching. Um, but there's Grody and Goodyear and Haldex and Horton and Hendrickson. And the list goes on and on and on. So um, SAP is, is really in a great position to be able to support uh, additional customers in the U.S. market. Uh, in the Canadian market, and you're there to expand people's supplier network, and you're you're putting all of these best practices in place. So I think that is fantastic, Anders. If somebody wants to become a customer of yours, what's the first step that they should take? Visit our website, sapcorp.net forward slash become a distributor. As you as you're putting it up right there, if you visit our website, or you guys give us a call. We'll send you guys a link. We want to get you guys set up and have product available. And for them to, to have a visual of, of volume or quantity, just so that people grasp it. At, at any given moment, SAP carries over 10,000 pieces of brake chambers in stock. So we're not, of, ju- of just brake chambers, over 10,000 pieces. Um, so it, it's not something that we carry, you know, 50 of this or 20 of that or 100 of this. We carry on the popular items, thousands of pieces because we service, you know, 43 different countries. We are a wholesale 
um, to our distributors that have, you know, they typically have their one, two, three, four, five different locations and they purchase from us and we have to be able to service them with, with volume. So. Yeah. For those just listening at sapcorp.net forward slash become dash a dash distributor forward slash. And I will make sure that links are in show notes and on uh, all the pages. So it's just a one easy click and that will put you right through to the SAP team. And uh, I highly encourage you to include SAP in your supplier network. They are a friend to you in helping you get the parts. Uh, From the Heavy Duty Parts Report, my name is Jamie Irvin. Thank you so much for listening to this webinar. And Anders, thank you for taking some time sponsoring this webinar and uh, sharing your best practices. I think it was very, very educational and beneficial for our audience. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you for having having me and thank you for everyone for participating in the webinar. And we hope we could service. We're here to serve. That's, that's the name of the game. We're here to serve you guys. HDA Truck Pride is the heart of the Independent Parts and Service Channel. They have 750 parts stores and 450 service centers conveniently located across the U.S. and Canada. Visit heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride today to find a location near you. Again, that's heavydutypartsreport.com slash HDA Truck Pride and let the heart of the independent service channel take care of your commercial equipment.